Hey, LA football fans, the Left Coasters here. I'm Matt. I'm Brian. And I am Tony. And if you enjoy the three of us bantering over NFL football, please feel free to give us a like on SoundCloud. Head to Apple Podcasts and give us a review and help this podcast grow. You can also find us at theleftcoasterspodcast.com. And guys, get ready for a show. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to week 14, week 14 of the Left Coasters podcast. My name is Tony Cavallo, and I am back in the chair that I have made my own. I'm along with Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio. I'm along with Brian the Ballerina, Balzarini, and we are here to break down L.A. football and the NFL in general. And boys, first off, I want to congratulate both of you for last week's show and congratulate the guest hosts, T.J. Wortham and Alex Alche, for a great show. And I do believe every single one of you beat me in the NFL Weekly Pick of that week. <laughs> I think your guarantee was that you were going to go undefeated, if I'm not mistaken. Now, 16-0 and 0 was your was your prediction. Yes, it was my <laughs> prediction, and I'm going to blame uh, New York City on it. I'm going to absolutely oh. blame my faults, not on myself and my bad picks, but on the city that I was in, which was New York City. And I am so happy to be back, guys. You know why I'm happy to be back? Why? Because this team, unlike New York, has two NFL franchises that are heading to the playoffs this season. The oh. LA Rams and the LA Chargers are both doing so well. They are so hot right now. The Rams, one of the best teams in the NFC, have a huge game this week, and the LA Chargers might be the hottest team, not named the Patriots in the AFC, coming out of nowhere to steal that division. They're right on the cusp of stealing that division from the Kansas City Chiefs. Craziness all around. We'll get to both of them in the battle for LA section. We'll get to our pick'em section at the end of the show, but first we have to talk about the intro and the biggest news that happened this week <laughs> is if you <laughs> listened to us a few weeks ago and you were smart and you put your money where we told you to put your money you were making 10 to 1 odds on Ben McAdoo being the first coach fired and what happened on Monday he was fired. Show enough. He was fired, as was the GM. New York is now coachless. Eli Manning is starting this weekend. They're just wiping the slate clean and starting over. Steve Spagnuolo is the interim head coach. Dangles, why was McAdoo fired? I mean, I think this goes beyond just Coach McAdoo. I mean, this is a situation where you had a string of just poor decisions that date back well before this season. Uh, this goes towards the uh, GM, Jerry Reese, who was fired, making some pretty poor uh, draft decisions. You have exceptions like Landon Collins and Odell Beckham Jr. Um, but and you I, have the one-two punch of Eric Flowers and Eli Apple. You know, I was, read, and I was reading this Pat Leonard in the New York Daily News earlier today. Ten of, of Jerry Reese's 43 draft picks from 2010 to 2015 remain on the Giants. Just ten of them. Wow. That's That speaks to some really, really poor draft choices on their part. Again, with the exceptions of Odell Beckham Jr. and, and Landon Collins and there, you know, maybe one or two others. We'll see what happens this year with, uh, you know, Dalvin Tomlinson, the kid they took out of, out of Alabama. And, and I mean, the, the, the other thing, the other thing that came to mind for me, and I, I was, the Kurt, Kurt Warner was saying this uh, on NFL Network, and I, I really agree with him. Why, why, it doesn't make any sense to me. Why would you fire a guy? You give the guy the decision to sit Eli Manning and end that streak. A guy who has given his blood, sweat, and tears to this organization since he's been drafted. He never even was supposed to be there in the first place. And he ends up with the Giants and he he brings them two Super Bowls and he pours everything he has into this organization. And then they give the choice to Ben McAdoo to sit them. Yes, this was probably directed by the ownership, but Ben McAdoo is the one who ends up making the call. Why do you give him the, the, the opportunity to make that decision if you're just going to fire him the next week? It doesn't make any sense to me. And I, I totally agree with Kurt Warner there. It's just it, it it speaks to poor administration, poor management. You've got a team here of guys who were making anonymous comments, uh, you know, about the coaching staff, about the organization. You've got a situation where the locker room is falling apart. I don't believe those players respected Ben McAdoo very no, much no, at all. Not. You've got a situation with guys getting in trouble off the field like Janoris Jenkins. You've got injuries galore. I mean, yes, I, it's and so to, to close all of this out, what, do I believe John Mara, the owner, when he says, oh, this was just a perfect 
storm of stuff that happened to no that's bs i'm sorry this is uh the result of years of poor decision making from top to bottom and this is what happens it's a complete fire sale the new york giants are in disarray they don't have a head coach they they don't have a gm uh and i mean i don't know what else you say about it ben mcadoo somebody's head had to roll and it sure as shit wasn't going to be the owner going into the season if you had told me that that at the end of the season the new york giants were going to be in the super bowl for the nfc i wouldn't have thought you were crazy this team was no, in the playoffs last year. No, I picked them to year. win the NFC East. This team was in the playoffs last year. They were looking good this year. Ben McAdoo was a savior, and now he's without a job. He's sitting on the couch like us on Sundays watching football. As for the Eli thing, I wasn't here to give my piece last week, and I won't say the, what I my whole thoughts on it because it's a dead subject, and now he's starting again. But uh, I do believe that the owners knew what they were doing when they told Ben McAdoo to sit Eli Manning because they're looking for a new quarterback next year. They're going to have a top three draft pick. They're going to draft the future. Let Ben McAdoo fall on this sword right now of benching Eli Manning and get all the fire storm on him now you're cutting the slate clean and it's all ben mcadoo's fault nothing looks bad on the maras brian what do you think i just think you know when you've got a an owner saying pointless to wait any longer in terms of getting rid of mcadoo this this wasn't a, a decision coming around the bend uh for a long time now it, i i agree with you that there seems to be some some red flags here when you're telling me that you know you gave him you know carte blanche to pull the quarterback and now there's been so much outcry i mean there was there was i don't know if you guys heard this but there was a allegedly a group of former giants players coming to the <laughs> game yeah. to wear eli manning jerseys to <laughs> protest not to show up and be fans of the game and, and root the, the Giants on, but rather to protest the ownership and the coaching staff. I think what this was was just a, to, to divert any more negative press on the New York Giants more than it needed to be. I think it was a cleaning of the slate, and, and unfortunately it was just a charade of all, of all, of all kinds of, of, of nonsense. And I think the New York Giants fans are going to look back at this and just be like, that was an embarrassing time to be a New York. Yeah. Every team's got that season for the Red Sox. It's, it's the Bobby Valentine season, 2012. Every Red Sox fan wants to forget about that because it was just a complete total disaster, a garbage fire. The 2016 Rams, everybody probably going to want to forget about them. Maybe not as disastrous as the Giants, by the way, starting quarterback this week for the New York Giants, Eli Manning, Eli Manning, Baby's coming back. <laughs> poor, poor Davis Webb. That's all I gotta say. So that's one coach fired. We know that the Monday after Week 17 is called Black Monday in the NFL because that's usually when all the NFL coaches get rid of their head coaches and start anew. Ben McAdoo is the first one to go. Last season we had six coaches fired. The two seasons before that we had seven. Back in 2009 we had 11 head coaches fired. That was the most in the past 20 years. I have a couple of coaches right here that are on the hot seat. And real quickly before we move on to the playoff teams that are in the hunt, I want to ask you. Gonna give you a head coach's name and you tell me he will get fired or he won't get fired there's a bunch that are on the hot seat and i was looking at this and i'm thinking we have a lot of head coach vacancies at the end of the year so let's start with an easy one Cleveland Browns, Hugh Jackson. Will he get fired? Uh, he will get fired. He uh, will get fired. I think absolutely. How could you not get he fired? He has to. This has been, I mean, they won, he'll have one win in two seasons if things continue the way that they're the way that they're going. I don't think you ever make it out of an 0-16 season. Absolutely. Now we have an Indianapolis Colts, Chuck Pagano. Will he get fired? Gone. Yeah, fired. That's absolutely. another yes. All right, so that's two. The Denver Broncos, Vance Joseph, first year on the job, but they have fallen from grace. Will he get fired, yes or no? No, no, because I think they will they will get another quarterback and he'll get another try. Gotcha. Stick I don't think he's a bad head coach necessarily just yet. Okay, sticking with the AFC, Miami Dolphins, Adam Gase, will he get fired? No. No. I disagree. I think Adam Gase is gone, but that's okay. I mean, I just think Adam Gase has lost control of that team. Oakland Raiders, Jack Del Rio, will he get fired? No. Name a more disappointing no. team. No, I, I still don't think so. Jack's got too much pull and gravitas in the NFL for him to go out like that after after a middling season. I think I think this has been this is the, the the Raiders have had some trying circumstances this year with Derek Carr being out. I think Marshawn Lynch has been a bit of a distraction for them to be quite honest because with all the stuff that he's doing outside of the game, I don't know how he has time for football, all of his shows on Bleacher Report and whatnot. They're six and six. Yeah, they're, they're in the tied hunt. for first. We're talking about them in a second. If yeah. everybody, if everybody else was kicking butt and they were they were in the last place, I'd say for sure. But no, I say no. He's going to be there next year. Okay. What about the uh, the Monday Night Football losers, Cincinnati Bengals? Marvin Lewis will he get fired? He's got to go. I mean, right? we, I feel like right? I feel like a freaking broken record talking about Marvin Lewis. <laughs> Just every week he's going to get fired. He's going to get fired. Somebody in Cincinnati every week, has every got year. to pull the trigger. <laughs> All right, Buffalo, Sean McDermott. 
Nate Peterman. No, I don't think so. That was really Nate you, dude, Peterman. You can't. Okay, if you took a snapshot of my career and just on one ba- on one thing that I did, yeah, I'd look like an idiot too. I've made mistakes. We all do. We're all human. <laughs> you can't take a snapshot of seriously. You can't take a snapshot of somebody's career and call that what they are. Sean McDermott made a bad decision, and I'll bet you no one feels worse about the fact that that happened than Sean McDermott. But he knows gotta, he fucked up. But you got to think of that locker room. That locker room was behind T-Mobile, and now you went with Nate what? and Peterman in a game that they needed to win, and they lost because of it. And the coach looks like a loser you have to have the players behind you to keep your job I, I agree I agree I just don't I just don't think you can I, I don't I, again I don't know that that one thing is going to make the players get out from yep. behind him I think if he writes the ship and if they can finish out this season in with with their heads held high a little bit you know I think he gets another round okay so that's four yeah uh, three yeses I have four yeses in the AFC let's head to the NFC uh, uh, Brian, I know your answer to this one. Detroit, Jim Caldwell, gone. He's got to be fired, right? If you, if after this week, especially if you, if you're, if you're not convinced this guy's fired after watching that Ravens, right? Ravens game, I then you're not, you're not paying attention. In your division, if the top three quarterbacks in your division go down with injury or get benched because of ineptitude, and you don't win your division with the highest paid there's quarterback on your team, there's something. Not wrong. to mention that this is not a, this is not a rare thing in his career. No, absolutely not. Okay, Chicago, John Fox, no. Yes. He has to get yes, fired. Absolutely. He absolutely has to get yeah. fired. His I play have stats calling, to back it up. His play calling and some of the decisions that he's made in terms of clock management are have been just absolutely bewildering. I will actually make an argument against it, and I agree with you guys. He deserves to be fired, but it'll be about the availability of other coaches. There is going to be a lot mm, of vacancies. Okay, I see that. And I think John Fox is better than most of the coaches that will be available. With that loss this weekend, John Fox improved to 12 and 32 as a record, the worst winning percentage in the 100-year history of the Chicago Bears, 12 and 32. When you go by Vegas numbers, for the 7 games he's been the head coach of Chicago, they've been only favored 7 times and they have lost all 7 of those games when they've been favored. John Fox stinks. He is 3 and 13 against the NFC North in his tenure. John Fox needs to I, get fired. I think he's not going to because of the fact that who's the GM there? Uh, Ryan Pace, this 37 year old kid they hired a couple years ago. I, I think that that was back in 20. I think he's like 39 now. 2015. 2015. Yeah. 2015. I think you're looking at a team that has had a bare cupboard. They've had some decent drafts. They've got their quarterback. They got Tariq Cohen. I think they got Howard. I think they're going to continue to give them another year to build. And I think next year is put up or shut up for, gotcha. for John Fox. All right, Washington, Jay Gruden. No, he stays. I think he stays. That team, I mean, especially if Kirk Cousins leaves, I think I'd want to start anew. Well, if Kirk Cousins leaves, I don't. I mean, I don't know how much you say he's going to have in that. I, I mean, I'm sure he's going to fight tooth and nail to, yes, keep, to keep him. To yeah, because that's uh, his job. Yeah, well, it is. It, ba- it basically is. I, and, and we've talked at length about how someone, if the Redskins don't, is going to pay Kirk Cousins. They're one and four the division as of this week. Well, and that, to, to the John bad. Fox point, like that stat you pointed out that he's three and thirteen. I mean, sort of the same thing. If you can't win, I mean, I don't know. If I'm a GM, if you can't win in division, I don't want to have anything to do with you. Bye bye. There's the door. But I think the the the, the argument against uh that that point is the Washington Redskins have had a quarterback. They've had a viable. They haven't answer. had a piece of pieces around him though. Is the problem with the the offensive line is 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 solid, but they haven't had a running back who can really produce for them. And the one bright spot they were supposed to have this season, Terrell Pryor, has not showed up, and now yeah. he's obviously out with an injury. I don't necessarily know that the Redskins' troubles this year are to blame on. Jay Gruden, or even Kirk Cousins. I think there you do actually have a, a, an issue of sort of a perfect storm of bad shit happening to you mm-hmm. and and the result being a less than good team. I mean, we had some high hopes for this team at the beginning of the year. Yeah, they, we did. They, they looked strong after last year. Speaking of a team we had high hopes for, the last coach I'm going to ask you about, Tampa Bay, Dirk Cutter. Gone. gone. Got to be gone. See, this is the one I disagree with. I don't think he's gone because of the injuries to Jameis Winston. I think they give him one oh, more year. Oh, but Jameis Winston garbage. I agree he garbage. should be gone. I, I, he's had a terrible year. It's been a terrible year for everyone, but I think they give him one more year. I don't agree with it, but I think they do. He, 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 I think, unfortunately, their defense and offense have ranked really, really low statistically. They they were supposed to have a good year. Even just a, a, an average year would, would have been like, oh, that's not so great. They've been below average. Yeah. I think that's, that's, that's a real telltale so sign. So with that, with your votes right there we have seven to eight coaches that are looking to be on the hot seat to getting fired seven to eight plus McAdoo would make eight to nine 
That's a lot of vacancies. You are going to see, I I think, some new names coming into the pool here, some guys who have been coordinators, position coaches for a long time. Because you think about it, we've had these conversations before, and when they're going out, I mean, the same names come up. Bill Cower, John Gruden, you know, these guys who are not interested in coming back. I thought Herm Edwards was one of them as well. He obviously just took a job as Arizona State as their head coach getting back into football. But, you know. Chip Kelly's taken, too. Chip Chip Kelly is now taking. Herm Edwards is back? Yeah, yeah. He just took a job. Get out of here. Coach. Yeah, he's, he's got a, a job. That is so random. It's a terrible decision by Arizona but, but State. But by and large, when you go out to these guys who have won Super Bowls or who have been great in the past, they don't seem to be very interested. So I think you're going to be looking for guys to come up who have been coordinators. You know gonna, you the know Jim Bob come, Cooters. You, you know it's going to come uh, riding in on his white knight and on his white horse. Jeff Fisher. Oh, God, I guarantee got, you, no. Jeff Fisher. That horse is not white. Montana or Montana State, do you <laughs> That need horse a, has got, like, 5 o'clock shadow and is carrying a, a wrapper to a gas station burrito. And quickly, don't be surprised. It happens every year. There's going to be a surprise firing. There's gonna oh, be a, for sure. I I, and I, I hope I, it's Mike McCarthy. And I actually, I th- you know who I, I'm going to put money down on it? I think it's going to be, drum roll please, I think it's going to be Bruce Arians. I actually had him listed. I didn't ask him. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's going to be a mutual parting of ways. Gotcha. All right, let's move on to the teams. I want to do a quick Mary fuck kill here. These are teams that are in the hunt of the AFC or the NFC Ooh. playoff picture. They're not in the playoffs if the season ends today, but they are in the hunt. Do you want to start with the AFC or the NFC, guys? Let's start with the NFC. All right, the NFC. Again, Mary fuck kill is a game we play where we marry a team that we think is going to overtake the odds and be in the wild card. We fuck a team that might do it, and we kill a team that absolutely has no chance. I know who there's, my kill is. There's four teams in the NFC. I know your kill is, too. There's four <laughs> teams in the NFC that are technically in the hunt. Right now, the last wild card team, the sixth seed, that'd be the Carolina. Carolina Panthers at eight and four. The Seahawks are also at eight and four. So these teams would need to lose a lot for our other teams to catch them. The four teams that are in the hunt that we will MFK right now: Atlanta Falcons at seven and five, Detroit Lions six and six, Green Bay Packers six and six, Dallas Cowboys six and six. I'm telling you right now who I'm marrying. That's the returning Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. They play Cleveland this week. That should be a win. And if it's not a win, I don't know if I'll be here next week. And if we beat <laughs> if we beat Cleveland and then Aaron Rodgers comes back to play that Carolina team, to play that Minnesota team, to play that Detroit That's a tough team. Tough ending stretch there for Green I un- Bay. I understand, but it's the MVP and talk but they about all got coming it. in on a white horse. So that's who I'm marrying Green Bay. Who are you guys marrying? Real quick. I'm gonna marry the the Falcons. I think they can pull uh, a win out of their butt uh, against the Saints. They play them twice. That's going to be tough. Tough schedule for them. It's going to be really tough. They play the Buccaneers, who I think are low, and I think the Panthers, who are beatable, uh, if you play your best ball and you're the Atlanta Falcons. And that's their last game of the year. It's going to be tough. But look at all these teams. They're all going to have a hard go. I think the Falcons are really in a good position where they have the weapons. Dangles, who are you marrying? Before I answer this question, what is Matt Stafford's status? right now because he left the game hurt don't tell me you're gonna marry detroit I, their with, schedule, with a healthy matt stafford i, I realize this I, I i'm not married to it i'm not married to it <laughs> i'm not married to it i'm just looking at their schedule they play tampa bay chicago the bengals and then the packers to round out the mm-hmm. year that's not a tough stretch Correct, for them with the not. exception of that final packers game with aaron Rodgers back in in the mix yeah they easily win. I think. Well, not easily. They should win they three should, out exactly. of those four. But they games. haven't been doing but the they, things that they but should. That's right. They haven't. And I, I mean, as as good as it is that the Cowboys won this past week and got the monkey of, off their back of we can't win without Zeke and prove that wasn't true. I, I just don't think they have enough firepower on offense. I have so to agree. With, I have to agree with Brian. I think it's got to be the Atlanta Falcons. Okay, you're both marrying Atlanta. Who are you fucking? I am going to fuck the Detroit Lions because of their schedule. I can't. I just, I can't. I, mm. I'll tell you right now, I'm fucking Atlanta for the reasons you said. I'm marrying Green Bay because I love Green Bay. I'm killing Detroit. And mm. I think, Brian, you're killing Detroit as well? I'm definitely killing Detroit. So and I'm going to marry, and I'm going to say this, I, I think I will marry the Packers because I... I, I uh, you're going to fuck uh, the Packers. I, excuse me, I'm going to fuck the Packers. Thank you. I'm going to fuck the Packers. Thank you. So we, Okay, so it's Packers versus Detroit, Dangles. Make your case. For, Other than the schedule for, for Detroit, for my kill, I haven't. I, no, no, I for even... Detroit, make a case for Detroit. Why are you fucking? Up? Other than the, I, I mean, look, they. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I have much of a case. Other than it's just kind of a gut feeling. I think. Gotcha. I think the Lions are. You know, they are a team that can beat you. Theo Riddick has come out of nowhere and started figuring out where the hell the end zone is, which is miraculous. If you're a Lions fan, I guess they still have. They have deep ball ability. Uh, with their receivers when when they are when they are on and the defense as we've talked about is serviceable this year again with that schedule the teams that they are playing I do not think it is a stretch to say that the, no, the Detroit isn't. Lions could snatch up a wild card spot gotcha. it, it isn't but you have to uh, from somebody do I who, think it's likely 
I don't know, but I don't think it's a stretch. So then, and I like their chances better, frankly, than Green Bay with Aaron, uh, with with uh, Brett Hundley at at the helm for the majority of the remainder of these games. One more game, baby. And, so and then who are you with killing? The Cow- I'm killing the Dallas Cowboys, okay. I think. They've just not impressed me at all as a franchise this year. Um, maybe I'm just bitter because Dak Prescott has cost me a spot in the playoffs almost in, in our 16-team fantasy league, <laughs> uh, putting up just horrid, putrid weeks of, of fantasy points. But they're also just a team that loses, again, and I talked about this you know, last week, a team that, or a couple weeks ago, a team that loses just one player on their offensive line and suddenly completely shuts down. I don't have much confidence in them to be consistent and win in the long run. Gotcha. All right. So let's move on to the AFC. So the AFC is a little bit clearer of a picture. In fact, there's three teams that sit at six and six. Right now, the sixth seed in the AFC is the Ravens at seven and five. There's also the Kansas City Chiefs who are six and six in their division in there because of a tiebreaker. So these three teams have many ways they could get in. You have the Los Angeles Chargers six and six, the Buffalo Bills, and the Oakland Raiders. All of them at six and six. MFK these three teams in one sentence, and why? Brian. Chargers, Bills, Raiders in that order. You're gonna marry Chargers. You're gonna bang the Bills, and you're gonna kill the Raiders. Yeah, because I look at their schedules. I I don't want that Raider schedule. Raiders are tough. Raiders Chiefs, are tough. Cowboys, Eagles, Chargers. Nah, and I'll take that Chargers all day long. Redskins, Chiefs, Jets, Raiders. Uh, and then the Bills, you know, Colts, Dolphins, Patriots, that's a loss. But Dolphins again, uh, I, I I have— Dolphins stink. They they stink, but they they won last week. But Dolphins I, I, put it on last they, week. But like. they, they, they came alive. But I, I just don't think the Raiders have it this year. I just don't see it. I think the Chargers are surging. Gotcha. Surging. I am absolutely marrying the Chargers as well. But I am fucking the Raiders, and I'm killing the Bills because T-Mobile is a little bit injured. He may play this week, but the Bills just don't seem to have it in them. Dangles? Yeah, I agree. I'm doing the same thing you are. Uh, gotcha. I don't, don't see the Bills coming out of this at awesome. all. Awesome. Awesome. And that is our Week 14 intro. Now we get to move on to the game that I love to play, and Al Chate just took it away from me last week, but it's okay. We'll come back. Gravestones. Left Coasters. And now for everyone's favorite game of the week. But first, before we get there, now that we have all killed 13 teams, we need to get to 20 before the year is out. And we only have four weeks remaining, which means, gentlemen, this is the last week of the year where we will only be picking one team to put into the ground. Oh, no. The next three weeks, we, we will be picking pick... two teams oh, a week. No. Two teams a week, which is where this game gets really this fun. This is terrible. Which... <laughs> So if you haven't played with us before, a host goes first to pick a team to put into the ground and say that they won't make the playoffs. The hosts that follow cannot pick the team that the host before them picks. So when there's two going, it's going to be difficult. But without any further ado, let's start Gravestones. In the past, all three of the hosts have consisted a graveyard of ten teams. Five from the AFC, being the Bengals, the Chargers, the Browns, the Dolphins, and the Jets. NFC teams were the 49ers, Bears, Giants, Cardinals, and Buccaneers. Now, Brian, I turn to you since you are first. In past weeks, you've killed the Broncos, the Colts, and the Texans. Will you venture to the NFC today? I will. I'll be venturing to the NFC East. And I will be saying au revoir to the Washington Damn it. Redskins. Damn it. Why do they get to change their name? <laughs> it's, so, it's awful. Never. Just looking at the logo, it's awful. But yes, I'm killing the Washington Redskins. They are dead and gone, and Kirk Cousins should get a one-way ticket out of Washington and never look back. Okay. Dangles, you've already killed Washington. I have. You've also killed Indy and Dallas. Who will you choose this week? I forgot the... Dallas, Jesus Christ. This week on Gravestones, I will be venturing to the AFC South and killing the Houston Texans. Good pick. Yeah. I've been holding on to them for a little while. I think we all know the reasons why the Texans aren't going to make the playoffs this year. Mainly Tom Savage and the absence of a guy named Deshaun Watson. So. And Lamar Miller. See you later, Houston. One less obstacle for the Jaguars to get over. 
And with that, Go Jacks. all three of us have killed the Houston Texans and Deshaun Watson's ACL. So let us bow our heads for the Bill O'Brien-led Houston team. Now it is my turn. I've made third place my home this year. I've been picking last for far too long. It has led me to kill the Baltimore Ravens, who are 7-5, and five, and the Oakland Raiders, who are 6-6. Six and six. <laughs> And now this week, I'm killing another 6-6 six and six team. But this team, I have no fear that they will come back to bite me in the butt. I'm holding on to Denver and Indy, because I need them later on when I finish 6 next week. So I'm killing the ballerinas Detroit Lions. So I coming. They just aren't good. And with teams around them like Dallas, like Green Bay and Atlanta, they are not jumping all over them and having Caldwell make the playoffs again. The Honolulu Blue will be singing blues this Christmas. And with that, we finish our gravestones. Now on to the battle for Los Angeles. Left Coasters. And welcome back to the full-voiced Left Coasters podcast. Again, Tony Cavallo, Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo, Antonio, Brian, the ballerina, Balzarini. We are the Left Coasters podcast, and we are now in the section for the reason why we are here, the battle for Los Angeles. The Rams and the Chargers both are on the precipice of the playoffs. Can you believe it, gentlemen? Can you believe it? I really can't. And how did we get here? What did we do last week for the Chargers and the Rams? Dangles. Well, let's start uh, with the Chargers, who are here in Los Angeles. They took on the winless and mopey Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm. Sad stuff. Mm-hmm. And they were able to come out on top 19-10. to 10. No thanks to their offense, which only found the end zone in the third quarter for the first time. Travis Coons, the newly signed kicker, had to do all of the legwork, excuse the pun, up until the third quarter. Uh, and so, yeah, you've got uh, Phillip Rivers had a good day. 31-43 of 43 for 344 yards and a touchdown. Melvin Gordon got the ball 19 times for 77 yards. Keenan Allen leading the way again in receiving 10 catches, a buck and five, and a touchdown for him on the day in the only Charger touchdown on the day. Deshaun Kaiser, by the way, led the Browns in rushing uh, as well, in That's addition to in addition to passing. With five attempts. Yeah, uh, and 46 yards on uh, on five carries. Josh Gordon, welcome back to the NFL. In yes, his first sir. game back, he catches four balls for 85 he yards. Good. Maybe not the week fantasy owners were hoping for, but if you're a Browns fan, I guess it's a good sign, right? Yes, absolutely. It's a sign of the future, hopefully. He's only like 32 years old, but it's okay. Um, the uh, the Los Angeles Chargers, though, Phil Rivers had a great piece in the MMQB by Peter King this week uh, talking about how if they had a legitimate kicker, they'd be about 9-3 and three right yep, now. they would. But you cannot look at—this is from him—you cannot look at what could have happened. We are in the race right now, and all we have to do is win our games in front of us. They could be in the playoffs. They have a game against the Chiefs coming up that's going to be a huge, huge game. But who do they have this week? This week, the Chargers will be facing the Washington Redskins. In L.A. Oh, it's in. I thought it was in Washington. Okay, it it's in, in LA, L.A. That makes it easier. This Washington team is is they fight hard. They fight hard. They might They're not fluky. be good. They're five They're and fluky. seven, but they fight hard. And that defense ha- is something to contend with. Dangles, what do the Chargers need to do? to beat this Washington team and continue their hot streak. Yeah, well, they're going to need to do more than just let Travis Coons, the kicker, do the offensive work for them. Uh, a good, I mean, look, the numbers are, are good for Phillip Rivers for 344 yards, all that good stuff. But look, you got to find the end zone. Melvin Gordon has to get in. I think that's where the offense needs to start is with getting Melvin Gordon back on track. He's been a little bit iffy the last couple of weeks, not really producing at the level I think that a lot of people are expecting him to. So I think they need to clear the way for him. The offensive line needs to make some room for him to get the ball going because that will open up the passing game a little bit more obviously it's football 101 uh so i think it starts with it starts with melvin gordon um and it continues with the defense um you know getting pressure on kirk cousins making him roll out of the pocket make him make decisions because if you make him win the game for you he doesn't have much around to help him right now they're hurting at the running back position and we talked earlier about how their receivers aren't great so i think you need a big game out of melvin gordon uh and i think that the other melvin melvin ingram and joey bosa uh the you you know those two They're playing uh, they great. are playing They're incredible playing great together. a couple of just incredible duo on that front four but speaking of players who are not playing up to expectations Josh Norman is not playing well in Washington and I think Keenan Allen will continue his hot streak which is an amazing hot streak right now and continue to burn this Washington team he's been playing fantastic he's had the best 3 weeks in uh in football in a long time yeah yeah. So, Brian, what are the, what do the uh, Chargers need to do to beat the Skins I think the one thing that stands out from last game is their red zone efficiency they were 1 for 4 
Wow. I know that was wow. that the field goals are involved in that, but th- against the Cleveland Browns, you need to get in the end zone. Yeah. Holy God! Well, that's you what I'm to... saying. You know, yeah. they didn't find it until the third quarter. Like uh, this is a this is a 12 to 10 game if they don't make that touchdown, and one possession probably plays out a lot differently in the last five minutes of the game than than you know two do you, does. Do you guys think that falls on Phil or does it fall on Melvin Gordon? I think it falls on the play calling personally. Yeah. I I don't think it's one one or the other because again, it's if, if if you're passing and you're doing well and you're scoring touchdowns, no, you don't say anything. Yeah. It's not. It's it's a it's an issue of being effective. Mm-hmm. And I think again, Ken Wizenhunt, you've had how many weeks now to figure this team out, and you you still don't have a, a consistent pattern with Melvin Gordon. It doesn't need to be predictable, but it, it has to be reliable. And I don't see like Dangles was pointing out. I don't see any reliability in the running game. I see again, once again. Philip Rivers having to do more than he needs to do, and again, when you get it, when you put more on Philip Rivers's plate, he tends to. He's he's a good quarterback, but he's not, a, in my opinion, a great quarterback. When you have to put everything on his plate, because then he gets pissed off, he gets a little moody, and he starts throwing balls where they shouldn't go. While I was away, I was with my father, and he had a. Uh, he goes to his like you know bar with all of his buddies, where they all drink and discuss the world's problems. And if you know if, if everyone listened to them, the world would be a perfect place type deal. Uh, the biggest discussion that happened, and it wasn't incited by me, was is Philip Rivers a Hall of Fame quarterback? What was the consensus? And it was oh, it was it was a war. It didn't sound like <laughs> there was, was one. Tony sent me a clip of, of of this particular discussion, and it didn't sound like there was much of a consensus. It at was all. something else. What you should tell you right something? There, is he a good quarterback or a great quarterback? Dangles, what's your prediction? for this game, buddy. I like the Chargers to continue their winning streak in this game. Uh, I think, you know, Washington is a team that's ripe for the picking, and I think that if the Chargers can get the ball going on the ground and open up the pass game a little bit and really scheme something for Melvin Gordon that works, because whatever they're game planning for him right now, as Brian was saying, is clearly not working on a consistent week-to-week basis. So figure out a way to scheme the right way for Melvin Gordon, which you'd think wouldn't be that hard for a, a head coach who is an ex-running back, uh, and, and get that play calling on track, and um, yeah, I think they win against Washington. I'm with you. I think one team is trending up, the other team is trending down. And Wash- if you played this Washington team, say in week seven or eight, it might be a different story. But I think the Chargers win this one. But they cannot overlook them. They need to. They need to do their business and win this one. Brian, uh, I'm going to be rooting for the for the Chargers on this one. I, I, I it's an evenly matched game, statistically speaking. Yeah. Uh, both, yes, it is. Both the offense and defenses for both these teams are, are pretty evenly matched uh, from a standpoint of the, the the defense for the Washington Redskins being 19th, the Chargers being 17th. I, I'm going to be looking at how the Chargers exploit the Redskins' defensive line because it's a good defense. It's about matchups, and I think the Chargers have an advantage with Keenan Allen, Melvin Gordon, and I think, again, Ken Wisenhunt has the ability and should be able to mismatch appropriately mm-hmm. and cause those 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 differences that will hopefully lead to a big win if not a, a close game led by a, a field goal at the end that kind of stuff gotcha so. let's move on to the oh i'm picking the charges as well but let's move on to the rams what did the rams do last week and did they take care of business or what <laughs> the rams went to arizona and indeed they took care of business 32 to 16 is your final from glendale jared goff 21 of 31 for 220 yards two touches and a pick todd Gurley, uh 19 carries for 70 Four yards. Little troubling stat here. He also led his team in receiving with six catches for 84 yards. Now the Rams did spread the ball around a little bit, uh, pre- pretty well. I'm counting one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine different guys who caught ca- who caught passes. But beyond Todd Gurley, who caught six, Cooper Cup caught five, Sammy Watkins caught three. The rest have one or two in mm-hmm. like 10 yards. Mm-hmm. I mean, they won, so I'm not going to sit here and, and and bitch and moan about it that much. But y- I expect to see Jared Goff spreading the ball around a little bit more and not becoming predictable and and reliable as a passer. Arizona played a tough, tough game, man. They, they, this They're was a good closer. Team. It was closer than the score indicated. So I can see why that, uh, uh, you know, it was a tough offensive going. But they don't have it any easier coming up. Brian, who they got? They have the Philadelphia Eagles. Game of the week. Game of the fun. season for the Rams. Wentz versus Goff. Went exactly. Number one versus number two. Jared Goff, Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is arguably an MVP this season. Jared Goff is arguably the most improved player this season. And here we are. The culmination of this draft already two years in the making these two teams have two of the best teams in the NFC and the Rams if they win this they could be fighting for Minnesota for a bye week for a number one seed overall because Philly lost to Seattle last week Carson Wentz could not perform in prime time in Seattle Russell Wilson was all over the place against Philly so guys we are not the Seattle Seahawks. We are built a completely different way. So what do the Rams need to do to beat this Philadelphia Eagle team? Because they showed chinks in the armor last week. 
I think it's going to have to be what what Russell Wilson did to this defense, and that is zero turnovers and three touchdowns. Just prolific production. I know that's a very simple answer to this, but it, it really is. And I think, you know, to your point earlier, Dangles, about uh, Gurley, I don't think it's a terrible thing having your running back be 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 your, uh, a wide rec- uh, to be your uh, leading receiver. It shows diversity in your offense, and I think that's what kills the Philadelphia Eagles defense. It's they can match up well against against an Ezekiel Elliott or a Dak Prescott. If they've got one on one matchups, they're fine. If, they, you, if you are, I'm just, hold on. I'm just trying to get. I'm just trying to get sure. my head around. I'm just trying to get my head around. If you are both throwing and handing the ball to your running back for your, and that is your offense. I don't know how that's diverse. I mean, I guess it shows his versatility. No, it it's shows diverse. that Todd Gurley can both run and catch. It's it's diverse in the sense that there's not too many games where you're going to be pulling those kind of play calls out. Meaning you're seeing a void in that defense that allows you to, to exploit that. Todd Gurley, this is the first game of the season he's led as a receiver. It shows me that you you're a good coach in giving your best players the best chance to exploit a defense that is giving you the matchup that you need. It's not something that they're relying on. The, on the other hand, the Chargers have relied too heavily on Melvin Gordon, and I think defenses have 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 stacked up against that. I think Sean McVay is very good at making sure he doesn't care how it gets done. He's going to find a way to get it. Done. Far be it for me to question his offensive play calling ability. We all know how smart Sean McVay is. I just, I just, I, I, I don't know. To me, I'd like, I'd like to see, I like to see a little bit more. You know, more people getting but involved. But you got to win. You, it's do, not have, you do have to win. But that keeps the defense on its toes. That keeps the defense guessing. If you're not, if you're, you know, it's that unpredictability. So yeah, you know. But anyway, but I, I agree with Brian. I think, I think it comes down to keeping Carson Wentz off the field and making sure that the Rams' offense is on the field. That Eagles' defense. Is beatable with a good quarterback. We saw it when uh, when they lost to Seattle last week. Russell Wilson absolutely tore the tore them up. Jared Goff needs to make smart throws, not turn the ball over like Brian said. And really, I think you know this is going to come. This game is going to come down to time of possession. Mm. I think the team that has the ball because you have such high scoring offenses here, teams that do not waste opportunities more often than not. I think this game. I, I think that whoever has the lead on the time of possession clock at the end of the game is also going to have a lead on the scoreboard. I think uh, Jared Goff is in in trouble this game because Russell Wilson beat that Philly team, but you know how many times he had his back to the line of scrimmage in that game? I've never seen a quarterback run further. He's been doing that all season. Oh, but Philly had him on the run all over the place, but Russell made plays over and over again, and Jared Goff, as good as he has been, he does not have the escapability that Russell Wilson has. Nobody in the NFL has the escapability Russell Wilson has. What Seattle did also so well that I think the Rams can replicate is on the defensive side. They got to Carson Wentz more than any team has, and Carson Wentz made some amazing, amazing plays. Out of the pocket. But they made him move and made him work for it. That's exactly what the Rams need to do. They need to make that man move his feet and make Carson Wentz beat you, which he is capable of doing, but that's the only way you beat this team is if you make Carson Wentz move and throw on the run. And that's the only way I see it happening. I think Jared Goff's in for a troubling game, though, guys. I'm not I'm not joking. I really like Jared. I think this Philly defense is better than they played on uh, last Sunday. I'm a little worried. So you think that was a fluke then? You you, you think that was that what was happened, fluke. What happened was, in Seattle? Was I think a... it was Russell Wilson magic. I think it was hustle and bustle Russell. He was all over the place, man. Okay, he, and, and, and Jared does not have that escapability. I, I think it goes back to what I was saying earlier. It's efficiency because if you look at the time of possession, the Seattle Seahawks had less time of possession than the – or had yeah, had less time than the Philadelphia Eagles. So I, I don't necessarily agree it's a time of possession thing. I think it's a quality of – uh, of possession and I think if you're going to win this game this is a turnover game this mm. is one turnover will will lose you this game mm-hmm. so I, I, I'm I'm looking at Jared Goff and I want you to be efficient I don't care about three and outs as much as I care about pick sixes and, 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 and picks yeah, let Johnny Hecker pin him deep let Johnny do his job you have the best special teams in the league and I think what's going to end up happening is I think it's going to be a tight game back to back slug out match and I think Greg Zerline the leg himself Greg the leg baby he has been Killing it. Yeah, he's been so. Good. I think that's the difference in this game. So who wins this game, Bray? The Rams. You think the Rams win this I game? I think yes. I think that's exactly what's going to happen. I think you're going to see this home crowd go hard, and I think again the Philadelphia Eagles have been exposed, mm-hmm. and it's just good quarterback play. Mm-hmm. If you got an efficient, clean quarterback and allow that defense to not over overwhelm you, 
with a guy like Todd Gurley in your backfield, you've got a chance. I will say there is no cornerback on that team that scares me. Sammy Watkins and Cooper Cup need to come to play on Sunday. That they're, they're going to have Weapons. big days if they want to. I mean, Dangles. Yeah. I'm going. I'm going with the Rams. They have won five out of. I'm sorry, six out of their last seven, and in each of those wins, they've scored no fewer than 26 points. Mm-hmm. Uh, their only loss in that stretch was to the Vikings, 24-7. Now, to your point, that does speak to what happens when the Rams play a team with a formidable front four. Uh, they, you know, and and that offensive line. I think is going to be another linchpin for the Rams if they want to uh, win this game is keeping Jared Goff upright for the entire game. You give mm-hmm. him time, he's going to be able to to you know find guys and he'll make a play. But you know, to your point, Tony, if you make him roll out of the pocket, he is not Carson Wentz. He doesn't have that size or that escapability, like you say. So I, I think the offense plays a really big role. But I'm picking the Rams. I just I think they are unstoppable on offense. No one has figured out They're a way. So good. No one They're has figured so out a way guys. to keep them out of the end zone this year. Something that the Rams couldn't find if you drew it for him on a freaking map last year but this year completely different story for me i am picking the better quarterback and i'm going with the philadelphia eagles Can't i love the it. rams no. this year but the eagles man there i think they've seen what their weaknesses are and i just i i'm i'm a little bit worried about jared goff on sunday i hope i'm proven wrong i'm going with the eagles and with that guys that is our battle for los angeles and let's move on to my worst section of the year the pick em section left coasters and we are back. The NFL Weekly Pick'em. We are here at the end of our podcast. Again, Tony Cavallo, Matthew D'Angelo, Antonio, Brian, the ballerina, Balzarini. We are the Left Coasters Podcast. You can find us on Facebook, on the Instagram, on the Twitter under the same name. We also have a Gmail if you want to get in touch with us. It's the Left Coasters Podcast at gmail.com. You can hit our website under the same name. We're all over the place, baby. Follow Instagram. Brian's doing great on Basically the Instagram. Basically just Google us. Yeah, yeah. If you haven't checked out our Instagram, Brian is an absolute Beast He's of, killing the game. Of a moderator and curator, and not only does he make awesome graphics, but uh, it, well, it, just go check it out. It's it's the Left Coasters podcast on Instagram. Exactly. Thank you, and thank you for all the people who have reached out. Absolutely, we're having people. some fun on there. We're having some fun on there. We're making some partnerships, seeing where this thing can go. But uh, as for the weekly pick 'em guys, I said I would go sixteen and zero last week, and I was close. I went nine and seven. <laughs> a perfectly uh, acceptable off. record if you're I'm Jeff not, Fisher. I'm not doing well. It leads me to a overall record of 111 and 81. If you look at that in a vacuum, it's a pretty good record. But I am 11 games off the lead. Dangles is in second place. He went 10 and 6 last week. He has 120 wins and 72 losses. A nice. great record, but not as great as our current leader and defending champion. 11 and 5 last week extends his lead over Dangles by two games. He has 122 victories and just 70 losses. There are four weeks left. Plenty of room for Dangles to make a run at it. I don't know if I can make a run at it, but we're going to try. Are you guys ready to dive into this? Let's, let's rock and roll. Let's do oh, it. before I go, the two guest hosts last week, TJ Wortham tied Brett at 8-8, eight and eight, but Alex Alche had the best week out of all of us at 12-4, and four, so kudos. Mr. Alche, you may, have, you may have lost your coach, but you did not lose your betting ability, so good job, buddy. He picked that Miami game. Yeah, he did. The Dolphins. That was bold. Fins up, baby. He also was the only person to pick the Seattle Seahawks. Well, yeah, great. Fantastic. Moving on. (laughs) Alpche's dead. All right, here we go. The first game of the week, we have the Saints at the Falcons. On Thursday night. Good start. On Thursday night. December 7th. Yeah, man. Saints at the Falcons. These are two two teams that are really, really good, but both of these teams cannot afford to lose, right? Both of these teams need to keep winning to keep going. We saw something special out of the Saints this week. We did. That was a pretty solid win. Yeah, without Marshawn Lattimore. Which is hell of impressive. Mm-hmm. And Alvin Kamara cannot be stopped. Oh, my goodness, he's sexy. What the heck? He's so sexy. Biggest did, regret did, was did, dropping him in fantasy. How did 70 people pick Alvin Kamara before Alvin Kamara was drafted? Every GM should be fired. I don't care if you had a running back. Alvin Kamara is the perfect fit to anyone. He's he's the new Darren Sproles. He's like Darren Sproles 2.0. He's better he's than un- Sproles. He's unbelievable. But who are you picking? Um, New Orleans at Atlanta. You know, Atlanta, I want to pick it because they're at home and they have that offense that can be high-flying and Julio Jones can beat you if Marshawn Lattimore is not there. They have a better offense than Carolina. That's the thing. Like They can do things that Carolina can't on offense, and New Orleans show that they can be beat when they have an offense fighting but against have they, them. have they been performing like Carolina? They have not, which is why I'm going with New Orleans. I think New Orleans is just on a hotter streak right now, but I, I will be proven wrong. I think Atlanta can win this, but I'm going with New Orleans. What do you think, Diggs? I'm also going with New Orleans. They have yet to lose a game in division this year. Uh, and I think, yeah, I think Alvin Kamara is probably going to continue running just all over, roughshod over defenses as he has all year long. Atlanta has been inconsistent. I'm definitely thinking that New Orleans wins this. I'm going with New Orleans, too, and I think it has a lot to do with quarterback play. Drew Brees is just, 
He's not having his best year, but we, you know what Drew's doing? Drew's just being a general. Uh, next, we have the start of the Sunday's games. Colts at Bills. Colts P-U. at Bills. Jeez. Yeah, who what the fuck stinker. cares? Um, the question is, will Tyrod Taylor be healthy enough to play this game? Because if Nathan Peterman's playing, I think yeah. I'm picking Ooh. Indy. This game is, in bu- this game is in Buffalo. It's a cold one. Nathan Peterman, folks. Like Colts we outside. S- we saw Nathan Peterman the first time. He threw five picks before the halftime happened. Like, are we going to get the same one? No one can beat you if you if they throw five picks against you. It's I have impossible. to think Come that on. was a flash in the pan. Like, Poor I mean, Frank I Gore. don't. You can't just. You, right. that, that kind of lightning does not strike twice. Frank Gore just passed, uh, I'm pretty sure, he a, this week he, he moved into fifth place on the all-time rushing list. He did. I don't know that he's going to eclipse Curtis Martin. I think he's got another five or six hundred yards to go. Who's the next guy on the list? But, but hey, he Frankie just Gore, man. he just hopped over LT uh, on Sunday. So congratulations. Too bad to I him. had to end up with the Indianapolis Colts. So who do you pick, Brian? I'm going to go with the Bul- uh, the Buffalo Bills. I've been picking against the Colts the whole season, and I just it hasn't backfired on me yet. So I'm going to stick with the Buffalo Bills. See, I have been picking the Colts, and it has backfired on me over and over. Which and you over think it's going to go back down? I I mean, if Tyra, I'm going on the fact that Tyrod Taylor won't play. And I'm going with Indy. Do you think Buffalo is is because they're in the hunt is is hungrier with Lashawn McCoy? Of hundred percent, of course. I think that plays into it. But I think Nathan Peterman is that bad. I think Jacoby Brissett's the better quarterback. If Nathan, if t- I'm going on the fact that we have Nathan Peterman playing, and I'm going with Indy. Daniels? I uh, I think I'm going to have to also go with the Colts here. Um, I, I I think even even if Tyrod Taylor does play. The Colts can put put some points on the board on you. If sure. their passing game gets going, and Jacoby Brissett, I don't think we're at a point anymore where we're going, oh, well, what can this guy do? He's a baller. He can play. We've seen him play. And he doesn't have to play Jacksonville he this week. He doesn't have to play Jacksonville, they which can't do anything is against Jacksonville. probably going to be a re- Well, nobody's been able to do anything yeah. against Jacksonville this year, uh, defensively uh, anyway. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I think I think the Colts come out on top in this one. They, they don't have anything left to lose, and Jacoby Brissett's just going to ball out, I think. Next we have, speaking of doing nothings, we have uh, – <laughs> a New York Giant game here. Uh, we've got the Dallas Cowboys at the New York Giants. Eli's playing new coach. Giants are winning. Who is Calling their coach, right by the way? Steve Spagnuolo is the interim coach. Eli's Ooh. playing. As soon as a team fires a head coach, I always bet on the team that fired the head coach. Even though the Giants stink, New York Giants win. How good are you at that record? I don't know. It's probably terrible. Uh, even with even with the new coach and the new GM, who, by the way, is a Syracuse University alum and former Cuse football player, Kevin Abrams. And also, you know, Dallas looked really good against well, – I think Dallas is, is going to be really, really good. I don't think Dallas is dead, but I'm still picking the I'm, Giants. I'm picking Dallas to win this game. I'm going to pick Dallas as well. I don't think their playoff hopes are crushed. In fact, I think they were my, like, gap team when we did the NFC. I think they're the team that could go in any direction. Mm-hmm. They could very well easily be the, the team that makes it into this playoffs. Let's go, G-Man. Crazy enough. Next, we have the Detroit Lions at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. God. Uh, God-awful game. This is an awful game. God-awful this game. Is a, this is a game between two teams I have zero. Like, you could say the Detroit Lions versus anyone, and I would be wary to pick the Detroit Lions. Same with Tampa Bay. I don't know where to go. Dangles? Uh, I like Detroit in this one, I think. <laughs> I, I, I put my eggs in the Detroit basket during our MFK earlier, so I'm going to stick with that theme. Uh, the Detroit Lions are not an actively bad football team. They are not an actively good football team. Um, I think they're just kind of plateauing right now, and they're doing just enough to get by. But I think they're going to beat a lowly and, frankly, probably discouraged Buccaneers squad just the way this team has gone. Green Bay beat Tampa Bay with Brett Hundley having under 100 passing yards, and it was all with the rushing game. Detroit's the exact opposite. They don't really run the ball. I know Theo Riddick has stepped up, but they don't really run the ball. A lot of passing yards. He stepped up in the Lions' sense, though. I mean, that's the high bar. I'm picking Tampa Bay to win. I'm picking Tampa Bay as well. Look at the stats on this. 15th-ranked offense for the Detroit Lions versus the 13th-ranked offense for the Buccaneers. 26th defense for Detroit, 31st for Tampa Bay. Sixth-ranked sixth ranked passing for the Lions, fifth-ranked passing for the Buccaneers. 31st rushing, 28th rushing so for the, the Buccaneers. Same team. This is literally the same team. team. Yeah. That's, so that, go that with is, the home team. That is yeah. ugly. And one of them is contending for a playoff spot, and the other one is 4-8 and eight and is wishing that they hadn't signed the Hard Knocks contract. So go with the home team, me and Brian pick Tampa there Bay. There it is. Uh, next, we have the Raiders at the Chiefs. This will be a good one. Yeah, this game means a whole lot to both teams. two teams crossing each other at, a, and at wh- an impasse. Where did the Chiefs start falling? Where was their first loss? It was against Oakland on that game that wouldn't end when there was a defensive penalty after a defensive penalty. So many plays with no time on the clock before Oakland finally won the game kansas city needs a victory astonishing loss last and, week uh, yes 100 percent astonishing. astonishing loss i think i believe 
I mean, Crabtree is definitely back. I believe Amari Cooper could be back from their injury, so that means you're going to have a full gamut of receivers for Marshawn Oakland. Marshawn Lynch had a week. And they're giving the ball to Marshawn over and over again. However, I think Kansas City breaks out of their slump. I think Kansas City wins this game. This is, this is difficult. This you, is not an easy game to pick, but I think, I mean, look, that you know, they, they, we, I, I said a couple weeks ago that their offense looks stagnant and that, that they couldn't get anything going on offense and that this is just the same old Alex Smith. Well, he went out and proved, he went out and proved me wrong. Uh, Tyreek Hill had himself a day and Smith just rushed me fantasy wise and, and, and the, you know, opinions of critics like myself who doubted his ability. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and pick the Kansas City Chiefs here uh, at home. It's hard to play an Arrowhead. Um, they're not un- they're not unbeatable at home. But um, I mean, between Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, and if Kareem Hunt gets back yeah, on track, where in the world is Kareem Hunt? That's a great question. I don't know, Brian. I, I, I'm going to go with the Oakland Raiders. I think this is a momentum and and a morale win for the Oakland Raiders. I think the Oakland Raiders believe that they should be in the playoffs. Mm. I feel like they believe their their slump in the middle of the season was due to injuries and and not feeling themselves you know quite up to up to snuff and i think the kansas city chiefs don't i think i don't know they, i i just don't believe they think they can win i it just mm. you can kind of see it you don't lose to the jets like that that and was they were it, up 14 was, nothing early i saw that game it was awful to watch yeah. and 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 alex <laughs> smith might have had uh, some some great stat lines but alex smith does not look like himself he does not look like the charismatic leader that we saw at the beginning of the yeah. season who just looked like he wanted to win every every play. And I don't care how well they're playing. Josh McCown and Robbie Anderson are worse than Derek Carr and Michael Crabtree and Cooper. You're playing a better offense in Oakland, so and you I think can't you, do it again. And you're playing a team who who, who believes that they're, they're a good team. Okay. So I'm picking the Oakland Raiders. Uh, next we have the 49ers at the Texans. Woof. I'm, go- I'm going with Jimmy Garoppolo till he loses. Jimmy G all the way. He proved me wrong, too. I'm going with San Francisco because he— he had a good get. I mean, he only he didn't have any touchdowns, but he, he had has, an interception. He, he almost threw nobody, for 300 yards. He has nobody <laughs> to throw to. He might have the worst wide receiving core in the league. Yet he won on the off the kicker, having five field goals against a good Chicago chicken defense. soup out of chicken shit. So, mm-hmm. Dangles, there you with San Fran as well? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, on Sunday, the Texans had an offensive lineman. I've never seen this before. Three straight false starts. Yes. Same guy. Yeah. Never seen this. <laughs> never, ever seen this before ridiculous. in all my years of watching football. On I a have huge play, never, too. You should stop playing play. professional football. I have football. never in the history of watching football, my own history, seen that happen before. That is just a microcosm of the Texans' entire season. I'm going with Jimmy G. I love what he put up last week, and I cannot wait to Let's see what Jimmy. else he looks like he he's does. having fun Let's too. Go, Jimmy. I'm excited for him. Next we have the Packers at the Browns. Oh, this has to be Green Bay. If Green Bay loses this game, I I promise you I won't be here next week. Yeah, I'm picking I'm picking <laughs> I'm picking Green Bay. We'll need a new co-host if they don't win. I love that everybody when when the Browns come to your team, yeah, everybody's just like, "Please don't let it be my Free team. W's. Please don't let it be you my team." You get a win. You get a win. They're like the Oprah of football. Right. You just don't want it to be that team. Next we have oh I'm I'm gonna go with the Green Bay Packers. That wasn't even a thought. Next we have the Bears at the Bengals. Mitchell Trubisky. I, yeah. I was disappointed with that. I, I thought I, I'm I'm waiting for him to get more than twelve passing attempts uh, in a game. They just they're just not running plays for him at all. And then they I don't know if they need to be because they don't have good wide receivers either, but yeah, you have to be two dimensional to win in this game. Cincy though. They fought their hearts out against Pittsburgh and still lost the game. I don't know what's happening AJ with them. AJ Green had a game though. Yeah, it's it's they had the most penalties in franchise history that Monday night. The most penalty yardage in franchise history. They're still history. five and seven though. They're still in the hunt. Somehow they're five and seven. I we've been talking about how bad they've been all year, but somehow they they won five games and I don't know how. Against and and, and against the Chicago three and nine. I'm picking Chicago. Yeah, these are these are two just horrid passing offenses to look at. The Bears have a run game, which the Cincinnati Bengals don't, and not sure about uh, Joe Mixon's status heading into this weekend. He left the game under what it looked like was concussion protocol yeah. uh, on oh, Monday really? night. So um, this is going to be an old school running game. Not though. sure what that. It Both is these absolutely. teams are going to run fifty it's gonna times. Be, it's going to be up to the Bengals to contain Tariq Cohen and Jordan Howard because that you know if you let them run all over you, that's going to be trouble. I mean, the Bears don't have much to speak of on the wide receiving side. They have nobody. They really don't have so anybody at all. Um, I am going to go with the Bengals here. 
Uh, I just A.J. Green and Andy Dalton finally seem to be on the same page. And the Bengals' defense for as bad as their offense is, and they are just near the bottom of the barrel in every single category that matters on offense. Yeah, Um, Their defense is is, is pretty solid statistically, so I'm going to bank on that being tough for Mitch Trubisky and that really anemic Bears offense. I'm going to go with Chicago. I think they're they're pretty equally matched, 32nd, 31st, 14th, 16th uh, ranked defense, but the difference being the rushing game. I think uh, Howard there is going to have a day. We just so. see it happening. Hope yeah. So. so Bears all the way. Next, we have the Vikings at the Panthers. I love this game if I'm game the Vikings of the week. defense because my number one priority is getting inside Cam Newton's head. If you can get in his head early on in that game and just be living there rent-free, he's not going to be able to beat you. He's going to get Vikings. frustrated. He's going to start making bad passes. Right I'm down. picking Minnesota. I'm sorry, TJ. Minnesota Vikings, they look – I you know, I, I've been a naysayer of Case Keenum. I'll be the first to admit it. That this team is locked to do shit in this playoffs. I, I think you could pencil them in for the NFC championship game. The way that defense is playing. Well, you know what's scary? There's a chance that they could not leave Minnesota the rest of this season. They and could I host, wouldn't want to play could host there. their divisional game. They could host the NFC championship. And then they're hosting the Super Bowl because it's in Minnesota this year. They How could crazy. play in Minnesota until the end of the season. How crazy would that be? You just blew my mind. I'm picking I'm picking Minnesota as well. I'm sorry, Carolina. And I like Carolina. I just think Minnesota's you you are running into the gauntlet right now. So Minnesota, all three of us. Next we have the Jets at the Broncos. Man, I still am just befuddled at the Broncos season. How you go from three and one and one of the strongest defenses in the league and offense that's to letting Miami to score twenty six points on yeah, you? I'm picking the Jets. I, I don't think I've picked the Jets once this year. This is hard. <laughs> this is really really hard. I, I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with the Jets. Well, given where I'm at at the pick'em right now, I think the Broncos make the most sense here for me. Not only because they're playing at home at wow. mile at mile wow. high. This is not a bad place to uh, take a chance. No, I, and that's why I'm taking one here. Um, I do like the Jets. I love what I'm seeing out of them. And uh, from a fantasy standpoint, Robbie Anderson has just been awesome. But uh, the Jets are very vulnerable. And if they don't get their run game going, their pass game is not that hard to stop. Robbie Anderson runs one direction. It's fast and straight <laughs> down the field. He doesn't do cuts. He doesn't run double moves. Hey, he just goes straight. Don't discount Jermaine Curse too, man. They're playing their butts off he can over make there. Some, he can make some catches, but I, I just think there's too much inconsistency at the run game yeah. there. And Denver does still have a good defense, and it's always tougher to play at mile high. Not a big Bilal Powell fan, huh? Just waiting for the Denver no, Broncos yeah. defense to show up one of these yeah, games. Yeah, I think that team's quitting their coach. Moving on. All right, next we have the Titans at the Cardinals. How, how are the Titans the record they are? What are they, 8-4? and four? How, they how the eight f- and 8-4. How the, the goddamn fuck are they 8-4? <laughs> I have no <laughs> earthly idea. I just don't think they turn the ball over. I think yeah. that's what it is. I just don't think they, they make they don't make big plays, but they don't give up big plays. This is in Arizona? This is in Arizona. Yeah, how I'm much going. do you think it's killing David Johnson to see that his team ha- is, is dead last in the league in terms of rushing? They yeah. are the worst rushing offense in the NFL. And they're playing a team that's really good in rushing in Tennessee. I think Arizona wins this one because they are fighting. They It doesn't matter what record they are they are fighting and they they are a proud team in Arizona and that's because of the man Bruce Arians I think Tennessee finally loses one and Arizona upsets them I'm gonna go with Tennessee I think this is the kind of game that is a trap for the for like for people like us who don't follow Tennessee to the gill Mm. we're kind of like oh you know what they're not flashy that we don't think they're they just they win games like these yeah the, the tight games, we you don't have a doubt. It's yeah. the games that they should kick the crap out of the next team where you're like, why aren't you winning bigger? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why aren't you running 400 yards on this team? <laughs> yeah. See, the problem with the Arizona Cardinals for me and in, in picking them is, is that you if you shut down Larry Fitzgerald, that's their offense. That's it. It's they don't so have over. a run game. We just talked about that. And they certainly don't have anybody else who jumps out at me as somebody who's going to step up and be that second guy when Larry Fitzgerald almost certainly faces double coverage the entire night from, mm-hmm. from the Titans secondary, which is formidable. I think Tennessee wins this game. Next, we have the Seattle Seahawks at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Another fun game. Late afternoon game. Another fun game. Hey, Seattle showed up, man. Good for Seattle them. Seattle showed up. Like they they and, and I'm excited to see what Russell Wilson does against this defense, which I don't know about statistics, but the Jacksonville defense is the scariest one in the NFL this year, not named Minnesota. Jacksonville is playing lights out and Calais Campbell against that offensive line 
is going to be in Russell Wilson's grill. And Russell's going to have to do what he did against Philly, and that's run a mile around the tackles to make a pass 30 yards down the field to a seemingly wide-open Doug Baldwin. Dangles, who do you think? I'm taking the Jaguars here. Uh, I've been impressed with they've, – they've been when – they when they get red zone chances, they're actually scoring – this year, uh, and and that's and that's <laughs> do it. What? It's 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 true. No, you're right. They're it's, actually scoring. I know. As, as incredible as it feels to say it, they are actually getting into the end zone. This was something that they struggled mightily with when I covered them uh, uh, earlier in the 2010s. It was. It, it, I mean, it, it's really impressive to see this. And my tip of the cap goes to them this week for yet another fake that worked out successfully, yeah. uh, and yeah. and that led to a touchdown. That's the most important thing. I read a stat today that they've run. They've had those three fakes. They've had the two fake punt snaps yep. to Corey Grant and then that one today. All three of their fakes on those fourth down calls have led to touchdowns. Doug Crazy. Marone is keeping defenses guessing. He's making coaches think and they're not ready for it. I love Crazy. Jacksonville and I'm picking them to win at home against even, Seattle. Even though Seattle cannot run the ball, they're on their sixth running back and none of them have worked. I just think Seattle is the better offensive team and I think Seattle's just right there with defense and uh, the thing is Seattle's weakness in the defense is their passing game and Blake Bortles can't pass. He can't do it. No, he And their can't. wide receivers cannot beat the terrible corners of Seattle. I'm picking Seattle. You to took win. the words right out of my mouth. I was just thinking, I'm, I'm looking at the stats. The Jacksonville Jaguars are a one-dimensional offense for the most yes. part. They yes, are they the are. number one rushing team. They have the 21st ranked offense uh, from a passing standpoint. I think Seattle proved that they're, they are still a complete team. They're, they're, yeah, you can't overlook them. Tenth ranked offense, ninth ranked defense. I think Russell Wilson, this is, I mean, I would love to see Russell Wilson's stats. For the for for December and November, I bet he has just incredible late season stats because these are the games he wins. He's making this MVP race a three man race. Always, Russell Wilson. He always does at the end of the season. I think this is Seattle Seahawks. They're, they're both eight and four. They're both good. He's going to be running around all, all day, day long. This is that's and that's going to be the key. Is is he? And that's is his he, strength. Is he on top? It is. It is his strength. But that front five, Calais Campbell, like he's been worth every single penny of that oh, thirty million dollars that they paid him. Hundred uh, percent. That front four is going to. That front Go four is going to be making. It's just going to be who's faster, the defensive front four for the Jaguars or, or Russell Wilson with the ball. <laughs> you know? We've gone through a handful of these games, and a couple of them have made us go ooh when we've said them. This is going to be a lot of fun games this weekend. I think so. We were talking earlier in past podcasts. Like, you know, this is a Sunday where you can go out with the fiance, you can go apple picking, you can go have a dinner, you can go not out. Not this with, Sunday. Not this Sunday. This is the th- That's why you did it past Sunday. So you can tell your girl this Sunday, I got to be with the boys, I got to be watching football. I'm looking at one person in this room right now. Brian, what's the next game? Next, we have the. Baltimore Ravens at the Pittsburgh Steelers, man. This, this is, is the this is the late game. How is Baltimore seven and five? Because they play teams like the fucking Detroit. Because Lions. because they are their defense is excellent. Joe Flacco is shutting teams out. Their defense is shutting teams out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get it's, that. it's it's that simple. And Alex Collins is good. Yeah, he's, he's very very, very, good. very good. Our Does Irish step dancing dreadlocked friend. Does that mean you're picking Baltimore for the upset? No, here? absolutely not. I'm picking <laughs> I'm picking Pittsburgh at this point in the season. And I've said this before: the teams that are winning are going to continue to win more likely than not. But Pittsburgh, the past two weeks, has played down to their competition in games that they should be winning big time. And they they've they've made these games close. Baltimore is going to do the same thing. They're going to play if they play down to their competition. Baltimore's defense could hold up. Since he's couldn't, Green Bay's couldn't, but Baltimore may. I'm still picking Pittsburgh, Brian. I'm going to pick the Steelers because I just I really again think the Pittsburgh Steelers, like Dangle said, is they're ten and two for a reason, mm-hmm. and, and they play well at home. And you can you just Ben Ben's a lockdown mm-hmm. for for these home games. Watching that Ravens game against the Lions, the Ravens did what the Ravens have done for the last, what feels like the last 25 years, zero passing and just running, just mm-hmm. all day running, and mm-hmm. then let the defense win for you. It's going to work, but I don't think it works. Is there well any, I mean, is there any team in the NFL, name me another team, and I'm not saying this because I, I maybe there is one, but name me another team that has a better quarterback one, running back one, wide receiver one combo. I don't think there is one well, in the NFL. Well, the running back and the wide receiver are both leading their respective position groups in the league in, in yardage. And so. the QB1 is a two-time Super Bowl champion. Yeah. And there's no reason to believe it's going to stop, especially at primetime, which Ben does really well. Third primetime game in a row for the Steelers. What's up on Monday? No, no big deal. Monday, Patriots at Dolphins. Yeah, baby. 
Patriots always have trouble in Miami. This is this is that's exactly what I was just going to say. The Patriots do not play well in Miami. They have never played well in Miami, uh, and I don't know, however, this year that that's going to make a whole lot game, of difference. And the game they just played against Miami was with Matt Moore behind the helm, not Jay oh, Cutler. Oh, s- mm-hmm. stop it. It's and, Jay Cutler. And Rob Gronkowski's not in the game. And who was huge in that game other than Rex Burkhead? <sighs> Rob Gronkowski. That, I was and, there in person. They oh. looked at Rob Gronkowski every damn time. They did. They looked at Rob every damn time. That, that was infuriating. The heel turn by Rob Gronkowski. He goes full WWE on Tredavious White. Like, just, just, uh, it wasn't really, an, it was more like a chest drop, a I think, than any. Shiver. Yeah, it was. A forearm it was, shiver to the back and of the head. Just, what, there is no explanation for that when you are up 20 points with four minutes left in the fourth quarter and Tom Brady throws like the third interception of his entire fucking career. There's no excuse for that, Gronk. He's never been the brightest crayon in the box, but this is really. This was just a complete and total lapse in judgment, and it bums me out. It was not the Patriot way. No, it's it not. It was the exact opposite. And you it can was, bet it was, he got chewed out after that by Belichick. It was a Cincy Bengals play. Yeah, That's what was. you see in Marvin it's Lewis's beneath, Cincinnati. It's beneath Gronk, and Belichick will tell you it's beneath the Patriots organization. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and I'd be scared uh, next year. I don't know if they play Buffalo again this year, but when you play Buffalo again, I'd be scared, Gronk. I would be scared because they didn't react then, but they, <laughs> you have to play them twice a year for a reason, and... They'll hit you. They'll they'll make sure you're paid for that little little game you just played. Uh, I'm still picking New England. Yeah, I am as well. Even without Gronk, I mean, and you know, you could you. There are people who, and I've read that you know, who make the argument that that refs are are not fair to Gronk because he's so big and mm-hmm. so difficult to cover that he gets everything called on him. I have no doubt that he felt in some way that he was unfairly officiated in in that Bills game. He probably does every single game. I don't think it's going to matter that much. They will find other ways on offense to score. Rex it, Burkhead is finding the end zone yeah. at an alarming rate, and Deion Lewis is still excellent out of the backfield. That one-two punch. I think alone opens up the passing game in a big way for Tom Brady. I, the, the, this is going to be one situation where the Patriots are successful in Miami. New England. <laughs> like, why do we talk that much about New England? That's it. That's, That's it. it. That That's is it for week our, week, our week 14 podcast. Guys, there is a quarter of the NFL remaining. Four weeks left for each of these teams. It starts this week with week 14. And then, guys, rub your hands together. You feel it coming. You feel those playoffs because we're going to have two playoff teams in L.A. And I can't wait for it. That's it for the Left Coasters podcast. Tony Cavallo, Matthew Dangles, Daniel Antonio, Brian, the ballerina, Balzarini. Thank you for joining us. And I hope you have a wonderful weekend. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts.